Kyle, oh, beautiful Kyle. You have to get the word out. Atomic Radio Hour is a podcast. Hello and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. Today is what I like to call around these parts as a burner. I had something going on, I had something happening, something came up, and I needed to do something. So joined with me today is the ever-illustrious, the ever-hungry, the ever-effervescent, Kyle. Wow. What? I'm just gracious by your... I don't know. Hello. Well, hi. I thought, you know, we're, we're reviewing a movie, as you can tell by the thumbnail and the title and what have you. We're reviewing the 1973 classic, Soylent Green. Kyle, I, I don't... I, I think on every single one of these Burner reviews, even before it was you and I doing it, we've talked about Soylent Green. Probably. I this mean, is a I only know that... it from the end, <laughs> I would I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I feel like the, I, I actually watched this with a friend, and while we watched it, we kind of came to the conclusion that uh, this, Soylent Green, is very much a kind of like a, like a Star Wars or a, or a Planet of the Apes situation where everybody knows the ending and they haven't even seen the movie. Like, everybody knows mm. that that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Everybody knows that, ironically enough, I don't know if that's ironic, so I won't say it, but funnily enough, Charlton Heston is on Earth the whole time for Planet of the Apes. It's just one of those things that, like, oh, you just know. And I thought it was interesting, especially because it's Charlton Heston in here. Welcome to the show. I'm Vince. This is Kyle. This is a, a review of... Of, of a movie, of a great movie, of a movie that I absolutely adore. Uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a non spoiler discussion for the first half. I'll talk about Patreon a little bit. We'll get into the spoiler discussion of this film. Uh, Soylent Green from 1973, directed by Richard Fleischer, written by Stanley R. Greenberg and Harry Harrison, and it stars Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, and Lee Taylor Young. Originally based off of the book. Make Room, Make Room by Harry Harrison. A story that I thought was a short story and is actually a full-on novel because I looked up the audiobook on YouTube and it's over eight hours long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think Catcher in the Rye on YouTube is about 11 or 12. So, you know, you have an idea of like how, how long that audiobook is. Uh, this, is a, this is also one that I said I would never listen to the audiobook of and I thought about it because I also said I would never listen to the audiobook of... Uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. And then I wound up listening to the audiobook of I have no mouth and I must scream and listen to it like 10 times in a week. Kyle, what do you think about this movie? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I would say I, I don't know. I like this dystopian world because it didn't really feel like it was like wacky and like yeah, everybody's yeah, getting killed or like, you know, people are, are, are everybody else, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not laughing at the act of R. I just, 
I forget that you can't, like, for, you know, we shouldn't talk about it, like, in a joking way. Just, you know, when someone says it for a YouTube video, I forget that, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, this feels very grounded. I, I had notes written. I went to go take notes in Letterboxd the other night, but um, I've been incredibly busy and fell asleep while watching the movie. And I guess I just didn't, it just didn't save. So I lost my notes, but I had written down that the movie takes place in 2022, the far off year. I, I kind of love that dystopian sci-fi futuristic fiction is slowly passing what we're actually living through. It takes place in New York City, uh, so Manhattan, and Manhattan's population is 40 million people. Just as a reference... The estimated population of Manhattan today, I'm seeing worldpopulationreview.com, just a quick Google search comes up with, Manhattan has an estimated population of 1.63 million people, all living within just 23 square miles. So the population being 40 million people in 1973 results in people living in the streets and, and fighting for food and just fighting for space. And to play off of what you said, Kyle, I do enjoy how that dystopia is real. It's not a dystopia that's uh, like leather jackets and spiked vests yeah. and chain mail. It, it, it feels very – when you were watching this, did you feel this was like a little too close to home? No, not really. Really? Because the whole time I'm watching this going, oh, my God, this is happening today. Nah. I didn't really get that. See, I, I Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was sitting there watching it going, overpopulation is real. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Uh, I went downtown the other day, Kyle, just for a little jaunt about. And the homeless has gotten worse. And, uh, you know, it's just hot all the time now. And there's, like, even a, a line in the movie where Cheryl uh, says to Charlton Heston, like, you know, remember how winter was cold? Mm. And it feels like... Especially when I was living in PA, the summer was just sweltering. And then you had like three months of just ice. And then it got back to humidity and you might have had like a week or two of like decent weather. And this whole movie is just just Charlton Heston sweating. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say that isn't spoiler related about the film before we get into spoilers? Uh... Huh, I'm trying to think if there's... Uh, I don't think so. Most of it's just, like, spoilery, so... Let's get and into again, it. this is one of those... Sorry? I'll just say, let's get into it when you're ready. Cool. Before we before we get into it, um, i just like to say real quick, one thing that I love about this movie, if you haven't seen the movie and you're going to watch it before I spoil it, Kyle and I spoil it, it's very claustrophobic, and I, like, I love that about it. Uh, just because it makes you feel like you're walking through these overcrowded streets. It makes you feel like you're just kind of tight. Like, everything feels tight. Even the end of the movie, which I'm not going to give away, but they show some more open spaces. It's very tight, especially the spots. Even when you see the people with money and how they live in these lavish apartments, that feels incredibly tight. It's just... I also like how the movie doesn't really play with sound. Music exists, but you kind of just listen to the sound of the environment you're in. I, and and the, the sound of the environment you are in, and Kyle, you know from all the times we've reviewed shit, I love that. Yeah, That's like one of my top five favorite things of a film is just when they know how to be quiet. But other than that, uh, let's get into the spoiler discussion of the show.
Before we get into the spoiler discussion, real quick, I want to thank the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, the show continue to grow and get better. And I can do different stuff like this every now and again, especially when I have something that comes up like it did. So I have to thank a few fine folks. Starting at the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last, but certainly not least... I have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox. Because of you guys, the show continues to grow and gets bigger and better every single week. Thank you. I love you. All right, Kyle. Let's spoil the shit out of this movie. Yeah. Soylent Green is people. Uh-huh. I think that's... like We were saying it earlier. I think that's very much like the thing everybody knows about yeah. this. Yeah. Like, even if it's it's Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, it's it's uh it's smile you son of a bitch from Jaws. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those movies. How do you feel about this movie overall? Like what? Like what's your favorite scene of this movie? Hmm. Uh. I don't know. I, I, I like the, all the interactions with the old man. His partner. Saul? Yeah. Yeah. Saul, I, I, that, that brings me to my next question. Who's your favorite character? The old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I knew you were going to say that. Saul's the... Saul, and I like... um. Jeez, I don't remember his name. Thorn, right? The Well, Thorn, yeah, but he was... That's Charlton Heston, but his... Chief Hatcher. I liked Hatcher. Oh, yeah. That guy who was like his... I liked the priest a lot, too, but... No. Yeah. Saul Roth. I'm actually looking at his IMDb right now. I want to see if I know what he's in. Oh, he's in Little Caesar. <laughs> he's a pizza man. <laughs> his, his, like, highest rated thing is Soylent Green. There's a lot of TV stuff here. No, but he is... He's the best. I... I... Uh, I in this movie, when they get the food, I, I, I love that they show that even though you would think in America, the way the police is set up with having one of the strongest unions in the country, you would think Thorne would make good money and he just doesn't. He has to steal from the rich. And the scene where he brings the food to, to Saul, I love. I, I love that scene when he like looks at the apple. He like cries because of an apple. Yeah. He he sees the celery. Like this is a dystopia that feels real to me. It also has a Fallout Three filter on it on all the outdoor shots. <laughs> it's just green outside, and I love that. Uh, it's it's. Ah, damn! I just I really love this movie, man. I really do. How do you feel about seeing? Does, 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 okay, hold on. Let me rephrase this. You said you didn't see a lot of today in this film, and I said I, I did. But could you see a time where this happens, or do you think things will just correct themselves? I I don't know. I feel like we're too... I'm not seeing anything on how old it was supposed to be, but I was under the impression that it was made sometime between 2015 and 2019, and Simonson was just dealing with the grief of turning people into food that entire time. Yeah. Like, I think that's why he gives Cheryl the gift. Like, right. Like, that's why I think that's the first thing you see is him being like, here's this. 
because I can do like it seemed like first of all, we didn't even talk about how women are considered furniture; they're considered a commodity. I think some of them are. Well, yeah, but like, like it's that's a profession like that you can go into, but still, right? I, like I also got from that like it wasn't like a big thing because it wasn't like they're in like slaves almost like how I was picturing because how the setting is like it wasn't like crazy apocalyptic, so I wasn't thinking like you know, craziness with them. I, I thought like they were like, you know, escorts slash prostitute kind of in the, like in modern day, almost if like the time yeah. they didn't have that, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like to me felt like they were like, yeah, they were called furniture, but they weren't like, they I had some autonomy. Like they weren't like apocalyptic slaves. Yeah, yeah, but then there's, like, the scene where Charlton Heston just, like, gets in bed with her. Yeah, but that's, like... And she just uh, doesn't question it. A prostitute and an escort, you know what I mean? Like... No, I know, but it was just, like, like it was very much, like, she was owned by the building. Her and the other girls that that were in the building, the other women that were there, were owned by the building. Like, Charlie comes in and starts beating them up. Yeah, I, I was hoping the, the... he would, like, shoot them. But he comes out, he's like, what are you doing? And he's just walking over with his gun, and I was like, oh... Yeah. The cool, like, so I say this every time, and I think this is the second time we watched a Charlton Heston movie. Uh, the other time was the Omega Man, and the, the, Charlton Heston is what I like a picture a man to look like, <laughs> like a barrel chested, just like a six foot, like ah, he can act like like a mother in this movie too. Like he's a phenomenal. Like there was a few times where I was sitting there going, he is a phenomenal actor. Like I get why he was such a big deal. But, right. sorry, Simonson gives Cheryl, like, some some form of freedom because even Charlie goes, furniture's not supposed to leave its room. And then uh, she's just allowed to go out with the bodyguard. Right. So, like, he gave her some leeway. But also, he, Charlton had, Thorne accuses her of cheating. Like, there's so much here that I want to know about. And again, I don't care if it changes my perception of the movie. I'm curious for my own curiosity of what this could be. But I think to wrap it back to what you're saying about Soylent Green, I'm under the impression that Soylent... Because I have, I have the, the Blu-ray in front of me. I bought a Blu-ray for this. And the tagline is, it's the year 2022 and people are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need and they need Soylent Green. And they were saying that Soylent Green is, in, is is so popular and that it was supposed to be used making using plankton, but it was using people, obviously. But you even see how Simonson, the man who was responsible for making Soylent Green and felt so guilty about it, then became Soylent Green himself. I, I think it's just delicious. Like, I think it might have flavor in it. Like, that's why I think Soylent Green is so popular. That's why Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. I think it's because it has flavor where Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow don't. Like, even Saul talks about when uh, Thorne puts a margarine or some sort of a spread on a cracker. He said it's it's odorless, flavorless nothingness. Like, I just assumed that all of the Soylents, except for green, didn't taste well. Taste good. Oh, I think he put the margarine you know I mean? on the cracker, but it was, like, spoiled. Yeah, but but still, like I'm I'm under the impression that like they could have see Hatcher eating Soylent Red right when he talks to him with the watch, 
but he's not like, mm, delicious, Soylent Red, and, and nutritious, and good for your bones, and tastes like purple stuff. Like, it was very much just he's eating it because he, like, he has to eat it. But then, so, but then I, I love when they show, like, the bizarre of people trying to get, uh, people trying to get food, and it's like scraps of Soylent, Soylent breads. I, 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 this, this is a world I could see myself just, like, this is the, this is the wackest thing you're going to hear me say all year, Kyle. I could see myself, like, looking up fanfic of this. <laughs> That's really, re- like, uh, no, no, no shade to anybody who writes or reads fanfic, but Soylent Green d- does what Fallout 3 does for me, and it gives me a world that I'm super intrigued in and want to know every every single minor detail about. Kyle, I don't know how to read. <laughs> and I was looking up on thrift books for the book. I mean, you, you like better be careful books. or you, you'll get dump trucked. Dump, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about those. The scoops. What a great what a... scene the scoops is. It's just like, alright, they're riding. You just get the dump trucks and just throw them in the back. and Yeah. And that made me think of today. Oh, people aren't happy. They're going to riot. Call in the military, man. We're in America. We're going to protest the, the innocent. We're going to protest an innocent man being murdered in front of us for nine minutes while he cries out for his mother. Call in the military. For real? You're going to call the military? Like, I just. And then all those people got put into the scoops. Then became Soylent Green. I don't think and they I were love how the, killed. You don't think so? Nah. Oh, I was very much under the impression they were I, turned I, into food. Nah, I don't feel like this was a universe was like, well, we'll just kill them and then turn them into food. Mm. I, I feel like they were just like, this is a dead person or an aged person that will put out their misery and then we'll turn them into food. So, okay. I don't okay, think so they were turning the up. living into the food. Oh, I, I was very much under the nah, impression. I that. never got that. Well, even if they didn't, I think they if you broke the law, they put you into labor camps. Like, they, they put you to work. Because there's a line in the movie, and I had it written down in my notes, but my notes are gone, that somebody said something, and they're like, they'll put you to work. And I was very much under the impression that it was... If you broke the law, like, you went to a Soylent plant, and that's where you worked for, like, the rest of your life. Right. I don't think they killed you. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's not. It's uh, honestly yeah. not a huge deal. But you brought up someone who is soon to not be living. What did, I want to know your thoughts on the whole home thing. I think that's the way of getting old people to die, like, peacefully, and then they can turn them into food. Outside... Of that, outside of turning old people into Soylent Green, how do you feel about that, like, if that was implemented in the real world? I mean, if it's dead people, I guess. I don't know. Like, no, it, no, no, it, I'm not saying Soylent Green. I'm saying, like, oh. old people can go, hey, look, I'm 80. Sure. I don't, My family doesn't talk to me. Like, are you cool with that? Yeah, I don't consider their life. I don't care. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm totally with you. I love that sequence. You know what I like about that sequence so much, too? What? It's 1973, and as Saul is dying, Thorn is like talking to him, and he's like, "I love you, Thorn," and Thorn's like, "I love you, Saul." I don't think any. I mean, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I doubt any other movie in 1973 has men telling each other that they love each other on film. I'm not sure. 
I also you know, but I, I did. Did you understand that scene? What do you mean? Like his decision to go home. Yeah, he he found out that Soylent Green was people, okay. and he's like, I don't want to be alive anymore. Well, I don't. No, I don't think that was the way. Because he tells him to get evidence. I think this was his idea of like, so they're doing something. I'm going to sacrifice myself so you can follow my trail. If they're doing something really? to people, I'm going in. Really? Yeah. Because, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought there's a scene where he's, like, when the music is playing and gets real loud, um, when Thorne puts on the headphones you see Saul's mouth saying silent or soylent green as people, but there's no words. Yeah. I think he was trying to so, tell him, but like, I think like his alternate motive was follow the trail. I see. Cause like, Damn. cause he's learning about like, uh, they're doing something with the book people. And then she's yeah. like, where's your God? And he goes, I have to go home. Meaning like, there's only one way for him to get it. Cause he tells him, follow, get the evidence. Huh? I, I honestly, for me, it was very more direct. No, I, I, I took that scene as like him it. knowing he, Thor needs evidence and this is the only way. I, how do you feel about the action in this movie? It was all right. It's so slow. Just a lot, a lot of <laughs> random people in somebody's way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, what had worse action though? Logan's run or Soylent Green? <laughs> right. <so. laughs> It's it, it's so slow and like my friend that I watch this with we made we, we made made the point we kind of like agreed that it was like it was the seventies so you just kind of went with it because it was like this is the movie like nowadays everything is so you know you watch a Marvel movie it looks like they're hitting each other it's so quick and fast paced but like here everyone's just falling over something right and like getting pushed around there's also one scene i'm going to go through some trivia and stuff later there's also one scene where a woman gets shot in the head and then just screams <laughs> you can't scream if you're shot in the head the church scene to where like that he's shooting and everybody's like ah and then they're all just sit laying down sleeping head. yeah yeah everybody <laughs> there was another thing that came up during during the when we were watching it Everyone screamed when he got stabbed, but not when the gun went off. <laughs> Anything else you want to say before we get into some trivia, some, some other goofs and gaffs? Uh, also, like, it was so weird to see, like, when he's going to the church the first time, the, like, the dead lady's on the ground, and she's tied to the kid because she didn't make it all the way there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like... Seconds. I like the priest, though, of being like, I've seen... Somebody just told me this. I'm just out of it now. Like I'm, yeah. Don't play. Simonson came and told him like he had to get it off his chest. He was also dead at the Cheryl's end. There. Like he di- when does he die? He's in the the booth, and then the a bodyguard oh, comes in, oh. and he just like yeah. is just laying there. Right? Like he's dead. I don't know if bodyguard killed him or like somebody else did, but yeah. he's, he's laying there the, dead. The bodyguard he goes in there and he goes, uh, "Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been X amount of time since my last confession." I, I, I fucking that Catholic school man. It doesn't leave you. Uh, and then he shoots him, but he shoots him with like a thirty-eight revolver, and re- and it has a silencer on it. <laughs> Revolvers can't have silencers. Hmm. Um, no, I, I, I thought you meant like he died during that end scene, or he was like no. shown dead later. I I was I've, I have IMDb open in front of me, Kyle, and I'm like watching the trailer right. on loop. The trailer gives away everything. 
I like mean, nowadays, no. you watch a trailer for a movie, and like it's like, why even go see the movie? That's why I stopped watching trailers. Like you watch a horror movie, and, like they show you all the best parts in the trailer. Kyle, it shows you like him in the factory for for Soylent Green. It shows him beating up the bodyguard, so you know the bodyguard before you even see the movie is a piece of shit. Like it just gives it shows Saul on the deathbed. I mean, th- like it just I, gives away the whole movie. There's not a lot to like show in a trailer for this movie. You know what I mean? No, I mean you're you're correct. There really isn't. It's that's what I like about this. It's an hour and thirty six minutes. A movie doesn't need to be longer. It doesn't need to be two hours. Like like two hours is the most. If you tell me it's two hours, I'm like, all right, it better better be pretty good. Like I still haven't seen Oppenheimer at the time of this recording, and like I don't know if I will because it's three hours long. Like I really want to see it, but it's just so long. Yeah, I don't know. And there's a 15 minute sex scene, and I hate sex scenes in movies. I feel like it's like one of those movies too. Everybody's like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing. It's like we've experienced it and we've seen it before. Yeah, like also when a movie's three hours long, I'm gonna watch it one time. Yeah, dog. Barbie's two hours long, and I was invited to go see it again this past weekend or past weekend at the time of recording this, and I didn't go because I was like, I don't want to sit through another two-hour movie that I've already seen. Right. I also had stuff to do, but it was like, you know. Anyway, let's get into some trivia. You ready? Hold on. Can we talk about the end? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The the best part. The the soylent green as people reveal. Well, after that, I feel like I am unsatisfied. What happened? Really? What what happens? Okay. Is he going to tell him? Did he die? I, I see. I love that. I love an ending that's uncertain. What's your headcanon? What happens? I I don't know. Because we know the the chief's crooked. You know, he got paid for to get rid of the case. But he didn't seem like he was, like, super paid for because Thorne came in and was like, I'm not signing this. What did they pay you? Because he knew he's like, but, but, uh," you know what I mean? Like, he didn't, like, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. But like at, at the same time, it's like you stop that, then you lose your food product, and then people die more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I I I like the ending being vague because we know, and I feel like at that point, in a in a wrap around roundabout way, we're one of the people in that church at the end. Because we know that Soylent Green is people. And even if Thorn, the second they walk out of that door, dies, everybody in there knows. And the only thing the, the only thing that spreads faster than chlamydia is word. You right. know what I mean? So, like, everybody in that church knows. That means everybody, by morning, everybody on that block knows. By 5 p.m. that night, everybody in Manhattan knows. By 6 a.m. the next morning, everybody in the Bronx knows. Everybody in Brooklyn knows. Like, it's one of those things, even in in 1973, by the end of the month, everybody knows that Soylent Green is people. Right. Like, Like, I don't think it matters that much that it ends the way it ends. I don't know how the book ends. Like, I don't know if the book ends. Like, my friend who I watched it with was like, that's it? Like, it's just over? Like, you don't find out if, if, like, the government steps in or, like, if anybody has anything to say. Like, it's just done. I'm like, yeah, that's the movie. Someone put this – I meant to say this earlier. 
I had a friend who I paid like 50 bucks for a hard drive and they knew how to torrent stuff before like anybody knew how to torrent stuff. And I gave him a list of like a hundred, I shit you not, a hundred movies. And he put them on this flat, this hard drive for me. And this was one of them. Hmm. Like I have very, very fond memories of like one summer between one year of high school. I don't remember what it was in my room in the summer with the AC blasting watching this. Huh. Yeah. No, I like the ending a lot, though. I'm sorry um, that it was disappointing for you. I felt, uh, I didn't feel a conclusion, but I also like at that moment felt like you it was like, "Oh, this was a statement." And I was like, "Oh, wait, sorry, say that again." Like, I, like how you think, like when you watch something, you kind of think like this is uh, something means something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A statement wise or something like, I like at the end, I felt kind of like you, where it's like. Oh, this was probably some kind of statement to be like, protect our planet. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat like... people. Okay, I'm going to get this out of the way before we do the trivia. If given the option, completely legal, completely safe, would you try people? If we're doing like apocalypse, like like if it's only green and they told us what it was, then yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying... A three-star Michelin chef comes up to you and says, "Kyle, I have the so that movie. opportunity of a lifetime." Which one? Which one? The menu. That's about eating people. I believe so. Yeah. Really. Okay. So a three-star Michelin chef comes up to you and goes, "Kyle, opportunity of a lifetime, completely legal, completely safe. It's going to be confit in its own fat, and it's going to have a bunch of other French words that mean a bunch of other fancy shit. You're going to try it or no?" I need to know the person. You Oh, really? Yeah. Why? I don't know, because like, if it's like an elderly person that was almost dead, then sure. But if it was like somebody that was killed, like like a young kid that was murdered or something like that, then it's, like, it's kind of weird. Well, I, th- I would assume it's going to be ethically sore. How do you know? Because he said everything was legal. Well, I got to know. You know, you never know. Well, do you think... Who do you think would taste better, a thirteen-year-old or a nine-year-old? <laughs> I don't think anything. I don't think it matters. Really? Yeah, I don't think. It... I think it'd be based more on diet than anything else. Could be. Let's get into some trivia. Oh, yeah. sorry, what? No, I said, I said could be. So the scene third. I get all of my trivia off of IMDb.com. Uh, around 33 minutes in the scene where Thorne and Roth share a meal of fresh food. It was originally not in the script, but it was ad lib completely. Uh, at the director's request, which I love because it feels almost like vaudevillian, the way they sit down and eat together. The yeah, he didn't know who... what an apple was. Yeah. Because he, like, he, like didn't thing, know how to eat saw, it, he wiped it, and then he was like, oh, I, and he wiped it on his shirt, too. Again, how is that man not 30? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when did this like, happen that he hasn't like, seen an apple, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like, I feel like you'd at least have read about it. Like, it's one of those things where I could see him being, like, like a late 20, early 30, and, uh, and like, Saul being, like, his grandfather or something. How, when was he born? He was, what, like, 50-something? couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. It's if like he was 50, 50 from 2023, what year would that be? Uh, 22, sorry. Uh, 22, so 12, 2... 92, 82, 72. Okay. He was born in 72. So this must have happened before 72. 
Kyle, there's when I was on I was on IMDb the other night looking up like trivia just to get like a a, a quick look at it, and I was looking at uh, I I looked I looked at like goofs on accident, and it was like he's fifty, and Saul is like not much older than him. How would like by like ten years? How would he not know? Let me see if I could find it. Again. Yeah, how would Saul know about the life before and he won? You know yeah. what I mean? If they're similar around the same age, then it's a little a little strange. When did apples go extinct? <laughs> the apparent age at the apparent age of fifty, Thorne should be more than old enough to remember the old fertile world. Yeah, like that's the only thing. And last night before I fell asleep watching the movie, I'm sitting there going, uh, "Make room, make room, this and that." Like, how old are people? How old is this? Like, another thing that's a goof, and I don't know if I brought this up or not. Thorne and Roth share a small apartment in a te- in a tenement stuffed with people, many of whom live in the hallways in the stairwell. When Roth makes stew, there's no apparent reaction to anyone by the odor of what must have been the first real cooked meal inside this building in many years. Yeah, I was going to be like, how are they going to hide the smell of them cooking this meat? Yeah, like, I remember sitting there going, no one's going to be, like, upset about this? Yeah, there's a lot of continuity errors I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at around eight minutes in the video game in Simonson's apartment, Computer Space of 1971 was one of the first coin-operated video games manufactured by Nutting Associates. <laughs> They're nutting. Nutting Associates in 1971 and designed by Nolan Bushnell, who later founded Atari and designed Pong in 1972. Uh, Nolan Bushnell also... Invented Chuck E. Cheese, Kyle. Hmm. A, a renaissance man. Uh, the video game was printed... I'm sorry. The video game was painted white for the movie, but the original color was either yellow, red, or blue. The ch- piece of trivia that I'm reading, if I'm reading it correctly, the Soylent Green facility, the manufacturing s- facility, was actually the Chevron oil refinery plant in El Segundo, California. The chase scene during the climax has no dialogue because the writer, Stanley R. Greenberg, didn't want it to become an action movie. A clause in the film's contract said no dialogue could be added or edited, so they made the entire chase silent. Also, Kyle, I'd like to bring up, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the ADR in this movie is awful. The, the dialogue that's added in after the fact is so apparent, like throughout the first 30 minutes. <laughs> the, in the novel, the word soylent was supposed to be was supposed to suggest soybeans and lentils together. Do you know about Soylent, like the actual real food thing? Uh, not really. It's a meal supp- supplement. Knowing that he was... Charlton Heston, knowing that Edward G. Robinson, uh, the man who played Saul, was dying, he brought him a variety of wine and cheeses from all over the world each day. Robinson was on set f- for his scenes, which were all shot first. He died on he died at the age of 79 on January 26, 1973, 4 months before the film's release in May. Wow. Yeah. Filming was was suspended for a week when director Richard Fleischer's father, the animator Max Fleischer, holy shit. Nepotism is wild. Kyle, the man who invented Betty Boop? Interesting. Max Fleischer was an American animator, inventor, and film producer from Krakow, and invent 
as an inventor, Fleischer is primarily known for inventing the rotoscope, an animation technique that allowed animators to draw realistic imagers and movement based on live-action images. He would later co-found the short-lived anim animation studio, Fleischer Studios, from 29 to 42. Holy shit. The picture of him on IMDb is a picture of Max Fleischer with Betty Boop. Hmm. And Popeye. Uh, Popeye is credited down here of what he's known for. Popeye the Sailor Man meets Sinbad. The Clown's Little Brother. That's one of the first animated project, like big name animated projects ever. Holy shit. He's still getting credit to stuff all the way up until 1924. So, sorry. Max Fleischer died on September 11th, 1972. It's like everything bad in this country happens on that day. <laughs> this is something that I meant to write down, but, you know, my notes... Uh, are gone when Thorne informs the priest in the overcrowded church that Simon says is dead the priest said there should be a requiem mass but there's no room should I make room and this is a wink to the source novel make room make room hmm. I originally thought the novel was called make some room Lee Taylor Young playing Cheryl and Stephen Young the man who played Gilbert were the only stars in the movie to actually see 2022 According to the book Future Tense, the Cinema of Science Fiction by John Brosnan, by John Brosnan, Harry Harrison showed up one day on the set and passed out copies of the source book to the cast and crew, and he gave Edward G. Robinson, the man who played Saul, pointers on his character. That's cool. That's cool. In the, in the theatrical trailer, a computerized voice emphasized the question, what is the secret of Soylent Green. Also, further dialogue from the end sequence can be heard from Charlton Heston that does not that does not feature in the film. The film itself goes to a freeze frame and the soundtrack is cut. In the trailer, you can hear Charlton Heston pleading further. There's one here that's cool, but I'm not going to bring it up. I'll tell you about it. The pencils that he hands him are Black Wings. Okay. Uh, it's John Steinbeck, Chuck Jones, Truman Capote, uh, Johnny Mercer, Quincy Jones, E.B. White, and animator Don Bluth, they're, like, known for these pencils. That they haven't been made in years. And, like, when they stop making them, people that, like, knew shit about pencils... Like, the way I feel about a G210. Sure. You know those pens? Yeah. Like, I only write my notes in G2... I'm probably going to leave this in because I'm talking about it. I write <laughs> all of my notes in G210s. Like, every... Like, a, a G210. I, I want to be buried with a G210. Okay. These I didn't know this. Wings, yeah, these black wings, uh, these are like people who write love these pen. These are the Cadillacs of pencils. Sorry, it's just it, that's cool to me and like me only. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. That's all the trivia. Um, Kyle, what would you rate this movie? Uh, oh, I hold on. I gotta figure out. Uh, I'll give it eight out of ten pieces of lettuce. <laughs> Kyle, you and I are uh, you and I are together on that one. I on on Letterboxd, I gave it four out of five stars, so an eight. I'll give it eight out of ten. I was gonna say children crying in the street as they're tied to their dead mother, but I feel like that's a little morbid. No, a little bit. Let's do eight out of ten uh, tree reserves. <laughs> In the middle of a park in Manhattan. Let's do that. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
I like this movie a lot. Uh, I watched it twice. I'm probably going to watch it again sometime soon just because it just – I want to watch the special features. Right. I was going to do it the other night, but like I said, I fucking fell asleep. Anything you'd like to say about the movie before we spoogie on out of here? Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is people! Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. My name has been Vince. I have been here with my illustrious co-host. Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> if you like the intro music, <laughs> there's a link to Shane Ivers, who I've used probably one of Shane Ivers' songs uh, as the intro. It's a link there. All of his music, silvermansounds.com slash free music. Everything's free. I love his stuff. He's a great, great man. Link to the Twitter uh, below my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. There's also a link to the Patreon. Thank you again to the Patreon. A link to the Redbubble. Link to the Discord. Come and talk. Have a good time. Hang out a little bit. I love you very, very much. And I will be seeing you quite soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, Kyle. Bye-bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.